0: On front page with me this morning, veteran journalist Parker and Christian, and former senior producer at Al Jazeera, also columnist with the Star. Also Annabelle Lee from Malaysia Kini. Good morning, folks. Good morning. 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 Okay, and it looks like the Education Ministry is not rushing to end the streaming of subjects for Form 4 students next year. Um, Dr. Mazli Malik has said that, yeah, we'll make an announcement in due course, even though he did say, as far as I'm concerned, and I've read, um, that, yeah, next year we're going to start it, 2020, yay, let's do that. (laughs) What is the significance of removing streaming from the education system? Parker?
1: I think it's pretty uh, significant because... It kind of uh, shapes the future workforce of the country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we have failed in many ways because of the streaming. Uh, I remember, for example, in the 90s, uh, schools were told to make sure that 60% science stream and 40% arts. So in that process, many science stream students, of many potentially good in arts, were forced to take up science because of this prestige. Oh, you know, mothers are the worst. Yeah. What's your son doing? Oh, he's in the science stream. Mm, <laughs> he's he's so thing. happy. Yeah. Me, he's miserable. No, exactly. So, uh, so, this has to change. We need to have people choosing uh, their stream based on subjects so that they can do well. I think they'll do much better if they are allowed to choose what they want. Right. But then again, are Malaysians ready? So, there has to be proper guidance and proper streaming, like some other countries they have subject based streaming.
2: Mm-hmm. I think. Um, The most important thing for me is I have always struggled with how Science Stream is seen to be for the smart or high-scoring students Mm -hmm. and Art Stream is for everybody else, you know. (laughs) I I really think that is stupid and I really agree with Paki when he says that um, this should be something that the students are able to choose because... You know, schools are meant to kind of allow you to figure out what you like, right? Yeah. And then you sh- they should develop your potential. That is actually mm. the point of a school, not to tell you what you should do or box you in these really strict categories at such a young age. At 15, 16, you want to really figure out what is out there and kind of open your mind to, you know, a bit of science and a bit of philosophy and a bit of arts and mix it all and together. Yes. I mean, the world that we live in today, it's not like one or the other. It's very multidisciplinary. When you design a phone, for example, you need to know all and you need mm. to know technology. Mm. I you know. think the
1: parents should start the change. I mean, they should start changing the way they think.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of um, the comments that I've been looking at include things like, yeah, but if, um, you know, the students are allowed to choose the subjects, they'll choose all the easy ones <laughs> and we'll, we'll not have any doctors and, uh, you know, no, and engineers I mean, It depends, right? Like yeah. I- is,
2: is education or is school to get you a job or get yeah. you a degree or is it
0: to really expand what you like and in
1: should be based on the job market as well. Mm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, coming up, I'm a Malaysia is not realizing full growth potential. This is what Azmin Ali is saying. We're going to take a look at that next. On front page with me this morning, journalist from Malaysia Kini, Annabelle Lee, and veteran journalist and Krishnan. And it looks like Malaysia is not realizing its full Economic growth potential not having moved up the value chain due to limited use of technology, says Economic Affairs Minister Datuk Sri Muhammad Azmin Ali. I guess you know this is important. How does the use of technology aid in Malaysia's economic growth?
2: I mean, as a young person, you know, who I have a lot of friends who work overseas this is what I see from the general eco- the Malaysian economy um, jobs here pay a lot less I think that's, that's number one and that's especially hard when you live in the city it's not easy to you know afford a lot of things and industries are not very cutting edge you don't see a lot of innovation not mm. as much as other countries I think
0: R&D as well yeah, yeah. and
2: um, there's a lot of dependence and exploitation of foreign labour there's another thing you see a lot of just, these are just general comments on the what you see in the economy And um, even though you know there's a lot of innovation in the people and a lot of entrepreneurship, there's not necessarily a network that supports that growth in a very systematic way. Um, You know, startups and and all that kind of stuff, I guess. Mm. Also, our economy is so reliant on agriculture and, and, you know, plantations Mm -hmm. and all that. But you also maybe because of the foreign labour that we use and are so reliant on, it's not very technologically advanced. You know, you don't see a lot of machines right. doing a lot of that work. It's still very human a lot of human labor involved. So I think a lot of the industries are still quite clunky and not, not right. changing fast enough.
0: Parkerin, as a veteran <laughs> what would you as say? As an old person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit surprised, but I believe the reasons you gave is what are the reasons why. Because mm. if you look at the facts, they speak differently. Um, We have 80%, these are uh, figures from the statistics department, 80% of them are connected mainly through mobile network, 25 million internet users, and then you have several other facts that show that it should be different. But why is it not Mm. happening? Probably it's because of the culture, the work culture that we have been Thought you know if you tell your your parents look I want to be in the gig economy that's what they say now mm-hmm. I know I have a degree but I don't want to do my job I'll go into this uh, inter- yeah. internet business and all I mean they will they will probably freak out so that's that's the the mindset of the people uh, that has to change because I think uh, the the challenge is quite huge. Uh, You know, there's a figure which says there are going to be 1 billion devices uh, which are going to be connected by in a few years. Uh, Another startling fact is if you look at the way technology has changed over the years, you had the telephone took 75 years to reach 50 million people. Wow. Yeah, television took 13 years. Mm-hmm. So look at the time that's coming down. And the, the World Wide Web took four years. Facebook 3.5 years. Google 88 days. <laughs> wow. And they say Angry Birds reached 50 million in a mere 35 days. <laughs> oh, so wow. I, I look at this rapid change. People must start embracing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of opposition because of the age factor. Right, uh, Is the government preparing people for this change? I mean, they are pushing for automation and digitalization which means the 40 and above group will be struggling. Mm. So are they preparing these people in reskilling, retraining?
0: All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at the federal goodies ahead of the Tanjung PI polls. That's next. On front page with me this morning, journalists Annabelle Lee and Parker and Krishnan and Data Sri Najib has outlined some benefits the federal government announced ahead of the Tanjung Pia elections on November 16th. I guess it's no state secret that every government in power worldwide would always do something for the constituents in hopes of getting votes. Uh, What is different now?
1: Can I take this? Yes, <laughs> I love Parkin. to. You know why? Because he should be the last person talking about it. <laughs> okay. Now look, if you remember in the by-election about uh, eight years ago in Sarawak, this famous "You help me, I help you" mm, statement. Right? He was so blatant uh, in saying that you voting my candidate tomorrow, the following day I'll be there with a the signed cheque. BN has been doing it for sixty years. Yeah, he's doing it for political reasons. But when it comes to politics, you should have a bit of morality as well. You you don't throw stones from a glass house. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he did. Mm, and he and did it
2: before G14 as well. I mean, he did it as well. I remember being there. Massively, hearing yeah. him say all these things. But what he says is not untrue Harapan has been you know issuing a lot of allocations a lot of projects before the Tanjung PI I mean everything's in Tanjung PI and this is like a week from Tanjung PI by election so I do not believe it is yeah. a coincidence yeah. I mean we've seen 4 million from Said Sadiq 3 million from Zuraida, you know another 3 million from Salahuddin and 357,000 I think from Rina Harun so yeah. this is a lot of
0: money and, and, and coming this is from
1: people f- who actually were screaming when exactly. Barisan was doing exactly. it oh, that, that's It's really immoral. (laughs) Okay,
0: (laughs) so what has the election commission said about all this? Anything?
2: Nothing that I know of. But what we know is this is not the first time Harapan has done this. It did it in Cameron Highlands. It did it in Sandakan. It did it in Rantau. um, And I mean, I can only... Predict that the reason why they're doing this is because they're worried that this is going to be a really close yep. fight with mm. Avno and Pass. But still, I mean, like Paki said, that this is something they have been complaining about, and yet they do mm. the same thing. Which well, I think the, about. the
1: EC Election Commission had clarified in the, in the last by-election that it's within uh, the law to to come up with this announcement because what you can't do is buying votes directly
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, or using money for to influence people directly. So there is a loophole in the law right. which needs to be addressed.
0: So, And that loophole is improving Tanjung Pi as, <laughs> a, as a lovely place to live, I suppose. <laughs> well, coming up, uh, Lim Kit Siang has warned that kleptocrats will escape justice if Harapan is dismantled. We'll take a look at that next. On Front Page with me this morning, Parkrin Krishnan, a former senior producer at Al Jazeera and columnist at The Star, and Annabelle Lee, journalist from Malaysia Kini. Kleptocrats will escape justice if Harpan is dismantled, warns veteran DAP leader Lim Kit Siang. And he says that Malaysia's economic trajectory was in peril because Vision 2020's goal of turning the country into a developed state ...has not been realized in time. Does this statement hold any water since politics and justice should have clear separation?
2: Well... In theory, of course, that, that is what should happen. But in Malaysia, you know, judges are suggested by the prime minister before the Agong, Yang Yang Diputuan Agong, actually appoints them. So you know, the judiciary is not exactly independent of the executive in this case. But okay, coming back to what what Siang said, we see all these trials today against Najib, Isa Samad, Zahid Hamidi, um, Tengku Adnan, mm-hmm. and. Uh, There must be enough for the AGC to initiate, you know, charges and trials against these people. And I guess if you wanted to make an argument for the independence of the judiciary, why didn't we see these charges during the BN administration, right? So I think that is something that has to be said. But the reason why Lim Kit Siang is saying this is because he's trying to kind of Rally people around Harappan, around, I mean, and th- th- they're going through a really tough time right now, f- public perception and also racial and religious politics. Yes. So he's just trying to rally and remind people, kind of like, you know, Harappan will promise um, institutional reforms, will promise upholding the yes. rule of yes. law. Yes. Right. You
0: know,
1: it, it may be a political statement, but I think, like uh, Annabelle said, it's real because we know that uh, these Barisan MPs who have been trying to be on Pakatan's side in this manner. All these people have uh, a 1MDB Mm -hmm. skeleton in their closet. Mm -hmm. That's a fact and Kit Siang knows that. And so the fear is that when these guys come back and be part of the government, I'm sure there will be attempts to bring back those who are being charged now and it makes a mockery of the separation of power. Uh, In any case, it was a mockery for many, many years and we thought the new government will change it and I hope... Mm -hmm. They will because it's not being seen to be changed here. Right.
0: Now, Lim Kit Siang said Malaysia must be ranked among the top 30 in the world in terms of integrity. Is this a goal that's achievable?
1: Honestly, personally, I don't think so. You know why? Because I don't trust Malaysians. I'm part of them. I'm not saying I'm different. They they, they, they tend to um, embrace corrupt leaders. I mean, there's no integrity. And you wait for handouts and it's going to take generations to change. Right.
2: I mean, I beg to differ a little bit. I'm, I'm I guess, less pessimistic. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Well> no, <done. laughs> of course, I mean, rankings are another thing, right? But uh-huh. I think the truth is, Harapan has, you know, announced this, you know, national anti-corruption plan. They've announced all sorts of new bodies, like the, you know, like GIA, NAFCC, all sorts of CCs. And basically, they want to, get tough on corruption. They want to make sure civil servants don't accept gifts. They want to ensure they... I think they're coming up with a political financing act. They want to kind of make... Asset Declaration Compulsory I mean these are of course Things they want to put in place to to, to to kind of change The environment And kind of culture Of corruption That we have
0: I hope it will work I think but a lot ab-
1: depends On the people too Absolutely, absolutely. People are not changing Yeah, I'm
0: But, but right. it will take more Than just yeah. a few years We sure. all need to change Definitely Well coming up uh, Don't use varsities To spread political ideology This is what The region of Johor Tunku Ismail Sultan Ibrahim Has urged universities uh, We'll take a look at that one next. On front page with me this morning, Parker and Krishnan and Annabelle Lee and the Regent of Johor, Tunku Ismail, Sultan Ibrahim has urged universities to concentrate on their role as a place to gain and impart knowledge for everyone's benefit and not a place to spread political ideologies. Um, instead of clamping down, right, on free thought and free speech, would it be better to provide a platform where you know students can develop critical thinking and a way to express themselves effectively?
2: I think that platform is the university. That's what I think <laughs> as, as well. the entire all the environments around them. I always think it's ridiculous to confine freedom of speech or expression or political enlightenment to a certain corner somewhere or a certain room somewhere. That is just ridiculous. I mean, politics and society happens all around you. And the best way to en- engage and learn about it and acquire knowledge and, and, and actually use the knowledge that you learn at university is mm-hmm. to... Uh, use it, right? it is to exercise it is to talk about it is to debate it and um, to say that you have to be respectful of course uh, to say you have to balance out the different things that people care about of course but people only figure those things out when they actually engage with the information you can't just do it all in your head and then say something that doesn't represent that, you know, you got to you gotta talk to.
1: it. Uh, you have now, the voting age has been reduced, mm-hmm. 18. And and 18 is just while you're doing your foundation or probably your HSE or STPM, whatever. And by the time you're university, you're 19, 20, 21. And that's the time your mind grows. Absolutely. You've you to be vibrant. That's where you discuss issues. You fight, you, you change your mind, and you build your character. And, and you're very politically aware to make changes to the country. Where else are you gonna do that? Like what she said. Yeah, how can you
2: possibly learn about engineering and mathematics and and, you know, all these different subjects and not understand how policy is made, not understand how power and politics is done? Right. I
0: guess the question is why are I guess universities and administrators so afraid in this country to allow students to express themselves individually as well as a collective?
2: It's the legacy, right? I mean, since 1971, we've had the Universities and University Colleges Act. And that for so many years, I mean, 40 years now, has completely shackled the universities and then the students from be, from being able to speak out. And now, yes, they're amending the law. And I don't know, within a few months, you see things like Wong Yanker and all that sort of thing. So I think <laughs> it's been pretty effective so far. So <laughs> but obviously, changing the culture will not be overnight. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. that will take yeah.
1: time. I think this is the place where you must develop vibrancy of thoughts, mind. Yes. And, and you know, you, you must actually allow absolute freedom for people to do what they want in the campus or outside the campus. But I have reservations about direct political participation. That's an issue we need to kind of control a little because in Malaysia, it can get out of hand because of the racial and religious nature of Mm. our makeup. So that becomes an issue which always worsens situations in anywhere. Mm. So I think they should allow absolute freedom but stop politicians from directly entering and holding rallies in the university.
0: Okay. We're not
1: ready for that yet, but eventually we may be ready. All
0: yeah. right. Well, you know, Annabelle Parker and it's been great having you this morning and looking at our front pages. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.